Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Floor Podcast. It's your co-host here, Kenny Buller, on the show to bring the one and only Evelyn Charles on today's episode. For those of you who don't know, if you happen to be living under a rock, Evelyn Charles is one of the most recognized names in the Canadian salon and spa industry. Driven by the words of her favorite poem, Think Big and Your Deeds Will grow. Evelyn has grown her privately held business from a one woman operation to a multi million dollar corporation bearing her name. You may have seen and heard Evelyn Charles Salon, Evelyn Charles Spas, Beauty, MD, and Evelyn Charles Academy. Fun fact about Evelyn Charles is she took one of her concepts of this luxury hand sanitizer that she made in 2016, brought that formula back in 2020 during this pandemic we've been living through, and has grossed a profit of $2 million in the process. This woman is relentless when it comes to ensuring that you pick up the pace and you continuously look forward and you do not give up in the pursuit of your passion. If there is anyone I could think of who embodies what second floor is all about when it comes to how to survive and thrive and keep the good vibes going, Evelyn Charles is a perfect fit. She talks about her relentless approach when it comes to having a really solid fitness routine and why she believes every single person should continue to stay fit in some capacity. At the age of 67 years old, this woman has as much of or more energy than I do. And we talk about how her attention deficit disorder has not been a weakness in her life, but more so a strength. To recognize that she is this born-to-be entrepreneur. In her very first business growing up as a kid, she ended up grossing a total of $7,000 a month of profit, leading her to recognizing that she's meant to be in the business space. She recognized throughout those times that fashion and Beauty is the industry that she wants to go into. She talks about how she got there. She gives us tips on how she's maintained a multi-million dollar business growing up and throughout the evolution of what Evelyn Charles is at today. She mentions that her academy is now turning into an international phenomenon online. And we also share the power of honing in on being so comfortable with yourself Um, I get very vulnerable in this episode and I actually ask for relationship advice from Evelyn. Um, We talk a little bit about um, everything from business to her own advice in fashion, as well as learning about how she best prepared for several marathon runs that she has done, also qualifying for the Boston Marathon. There's so much to say about this woman. I'm just going to let you guys take a chance to digest everything that she says. I am honored to have Evelyn Charles now in my corner and have her on the show. If you guys like this episode, please subscribe, share, comment. We are going to put this on all platforms where you can tune into podcasts as well as visually on YouTube and tell us on demand optic TV, baby.
This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least, and Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time, on any device. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to ab.bluecross.ca. Wow. Well, welcome Evelyn Charles, the one and only to Second Floor Podcast. This is something that honestly, I would not have realized would be happening today. Um, and your team reaching out and speaking with us, it was a no brainer that we wanted to get you on. And I remember Evelyn always growing up in the west side of Edmonton, the, the West Edmonton Mall would be yes. like the, the go-to place for us as kids to hang out in. Okay. And every time I'd walk past your store and I'd look at Evelyn Charles and I'd see, I'd think there's got to be a person behind this company named Evelyn Charles. And it'd be pretty cool to meet who, who that woman is. And that's why it's very surreal for me today to be sitting right beside you and having a conversation to learn more about you, your life, and you know how you got up into this point. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kenny. Yeah, no problem. I want to start off, Evelyn, by asking you kind of an open-ended question that can go into a lot of aspects of your life. And I'd, I'd like for you to let us know, do you feel like when someone looks at you and aspires to be like you, especially females, do you believe from your experience that a lot of what it takes to be at your level of entrepreneurship is nurtured or natured you know is some of it where you just had it since you grew up or yeah. you felt like you had to teach yourself a no, lot i i i had that in my character from the time i was young i got kicked out of most classrooms because i had uh attention deficit and i would dream of my businesses when i was sitting in the hallways <laughs> <laughs> when you were kicked out, yeah, out of the I was room. kicked out of probably most classrooms because I had so much energy. Yeah. And I to this day I still have tons of energy. I, I'm really glad and I appreciate you sharing that because when I think about my moments as a child, I also got kicked out several times. Yeah. To the point where teachers would go to me and they'd be like, Did you did you take your medication today? You know, did yeah. Um, and, and I'd be like, what medication are you talking about? Yeah. And I remember going to my mom and telling her, mom, what, what medication should I be taking? Why do I keep getting kicked out of class? <laughs> She'd be like, Kenny, you don't have to take any medication. You just need to learn how to channel your energy at the right yes. time. I never took medication either. And my son is exactly like me. Yeah. And I never put him on medication. I tried him like the, the school said, you should, you should put him on medication. I I did a field trip with him at his school, and he was so dozy. I, I took him off all those medications. For those listening to this that are similar to us, yeah. who, you know, claim or self-diagnose or have been diagnosed with ADHD, yeah. what advice can you give them as far as, like, throughout the many years you also have learn to channel it on your own. You didn't believe in the medicinal route of, of, yeah. of something that's suppressing that energy. Yes. 
What, what would be some tips you'd give that person to channel this in effectively? For me, it's like if if you're focused on and you enjoy something, like I, I lived my business because I enjoyed business and I fitness helped me too. Mm. Because, you know, you can get rid of a lot of that energy through fitness. Yep. No, it's so true. It's like if you're able to put your body and your mind through uh, the certain challenges that fitness brings. Yes. uh, I, I for one, know that feeling, you know, going into a workout and the feeling you get right out of it. It's like the same feeling we get when we walk our dogs, right? When, When I was inducted into the Junior Achievement Alberta hall of fame yeah i i gave a speech on you know if your attention benefit uh, deficit you're in business your attention benefit yeah yeah so you know because a lot of people that are in business have attention deficit they Mm -hmm. they do there's a lot of people that have that so i i gave a whole speech on you know if your kids are getting kicked out of school, then, then you know, do something with them in business. I like that, that, that approach. I, I find it gives the opportunity for someone like that to channel in on their creativity. Yes, it does. Right? Because yeah. your mind feels like it's racing a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm starting to do my best now to to recognize that when I do get distracted in those moments of work, mm-hmm. what I can do quickly to pivot to something else. Like, like, do you find when you're working, Evelyn, is it tough for you to finish something you start? Or are you good at starting and finishing something until you go into the next I do. task? I do. But sometimes my, my mind races. And, you know, for me, it's been good for my mind to race. And I... I get a lot done in a day. Mm. And you know, I've I've always said business is my passion. It yeah. is. And that's something that I noticed because when you shared your story with me about how you started working at the age of 12 years old and yes. that was something where you were pretty much providing for your family and going into the age of 17 pretty much following your aunt's footsteps in entrepreneurship. Yes. The first business you ran, share with us, what is it that you learned in that business? That had you not have done something that early on, Evelyn Charles Academy wouldn't be where it's at today. Evelyn Charles Spa and Salon wouldn't be at where it is today. Yeah. So I I started a restaurant when I was 17 because I wanted to do a clothing store or a restaurant. But I didn't have a lot of options at 17. So my cousin and I did a restaurant for probably six months and we worked our butts off. You know, we we worked from probably six in the morning till midnight at night. We'd, we'd have to do all of our food prep and we had seismic crews and we, we made some good money, but you know, it was just not my passion. I always loved fashion and beauty and you know, I can tell you look yeah. great by the way <laughs> Thank you. but you know it, it was not my passion and I learned that if if it's not your passion I don't think you can do that I'm really glad you say that yeah. and it's it's one of those things where that's why we're here today right as we sit down with people who are extremely passionate about what they do and yes. you know we've built up enough of a repertoire of guests including yourself 
who have shared that exact reason behind don't just do something where you feel like it's going to make you money. Yeah. Um, It's just, I've been something on this lately where it's okay to be in that phase. Yes. You know, like if you want to learn how to run a business, start a business. Yes. You could be selling lemonade on the streets. You could be window cleaning homes. Yes. At the very least, first learn the operations aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I can imagine you can agree where you probably were able to get the hang of a, the operation of a business and then recognizing what you need to do for when it is something you're passionate about. You now know the steps it's going to take. Yes. To, to operate. There's been a lot of steps in our business. So every time you make probably one to five million dollars, you need to change your focus and how to run that business. And you need to learn, you need to stay ahead of the curve. And when you share that, Evelyn, it's really neat when you sit down with entrepreneurs and you ask them, you know, how how satisfied are you right now with where you're at? And, and you strike me as someone where you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I became an entrepreneur because I'm never satisfied. Yeah. You know, I, I want to keep growing yes. what yeah. it is that we're a part of. Yeah. And I want to ask like, what are some of the questions you find a business owner needs to ask themselves where they reach a point where there hasn't been enough significant change? And if that's something they're okay with, and I'll give you an example. I know someone personally who they're happy and they're satisfied with where they're at. They have their their locations. They have several of them. Yeah. And now they're getting investors and they're getting other people who are sharing like, hey, this can be bigger than mm-hmm. where it's at right now. Yeah. We can put you in grocery stores. We can put you overseas. Yeah. And then they reach that point where they go, okay, well, this is already beyond what I would have expected. Yes. And now they're starting to get the opportunity to grow bigger. So what were some of the things that were going through your head or what questions did you have to ask yourself when – Evelyn and Charles started to expand into other avenues. Yeah. It became more than just a spa. Yeah. What were some questions you asked yourself? What went through your head? Well, for, for me, it's, it's we, we have always reinvented ourselves. So, you know, whatever, whatever you start with is never going to stay static. You need to reinvent yourself probably every year or every couple of years. So we've reinvented ourselves so many times from the beginning I started in my little hometown. I had two chairs in my first salon. And then when I when I went to beauty school in Edmonton, I used to drive home. I had set up my salon. I used to drive home and do everybody's hair. And that's how I supported myself through school. Wow. How many chairs do you have now? Well, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, there's several, right? <laughs> a lot. But, you know, I think what... what when, when I was 12 years old, that gave me a really great work ethic. And I, I thank my dad for that because my mom answered uh, a phone call and it was a bill collector and, and my dad was an alcoholic, but he was still a very good man. He was not abusive, nothing. He was a really good, but he just had a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, um, my mom answered the phone. I said, Mom, I can go get my a job from my aunt. She had three businesses in town. She had the theater. She had uh, IGA, and then she had a hardware store. So I went to see her, and she gave me a job right away. I cleaned her house, and then I, I worked in a popcorn booth in, in at 12 years old. 
but my dad taught me how to become a fighter, you know, and I, I, I still respect him. He was just such a kind man. Yeah. When you have like such a, a, a good foundation of, of what family and support looks like, and despite yeah. their, you know, troubles they personally have yeah. gone through it, it's it's refreshing to hear that you had someone who you know brought you to this world and was cheering for you yes and she was a really good advocate too yeah and even even all of the principals and the the the, the classrooms i got kicked out after years of success i had um uh, a teacher write me and said, I'm so proud of you. No way. <laughs> I had principals. The one, one of the teachers that kicked you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had principals that apologized to me and said, I didn't think you would do that. What was the most common thing you felt like you did as a child that got you kicked out of class? Well, I could, you know, I was a joker. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I would, you know, do you remember that, that dill pickle that made lots of crunch and, and loud noises yeah. and then the glasses came off and I would joke in classes all the yeah, time. Yeah, you make yeah. everyone laugh. Yeah, I would make I everyone that. laugh. There's something to say about that because that was, that was one of the biggest reasons why I would get kicked out and I'd just yeah. be too loud, yeah. right? And I find there's that element of personality and that bubbliness Mm-hmm. that when someone brings to the table in, in a business setting, people remember that, you yeah. know? It's a very cliche saying when they say, you know, people don't remember what you say, they remember how you feel. Yes. And I can't imagine, like, how much that, you know, is something that you put your best foot forward in when it mm-hmm. comes to customer service. Yes. And I want you to share with us from any successful stories you have with customers or even through your academy, Evelyn, yeah. where customer service is something that you care deeply about, especially in the training aspect so of running I, a business. So I spent Friday and Saturday in our store yesterday and I was talking to all customers and we have a lot of customers that have been coming to us for 25, 30, 35 years. Wow. I had I had customers that came to me in Flair and still come to us. These are the OG regulars right yes. there. So so I was asking questions to all of our customers, say, you know, how do you feel in here? Like, you know, what makes you feel coming back to us? And they said, we love your staff. We love your business. We love, we love the beauty, how beautiful the facility is. And we have very beautiful facilities. Oh, gorgeous. Like I it's a head turner. Have you seen our new school in West Edmonton Mall? I haven't. No. Is it still in the location close to Anthropology and right no, across no, Zara? No, that, that's that's our salon. Mm-hmm. We opened a, a school in February last year. Nice. Congrats. Just before the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> then this <laughs> all happened. And we got clo- closed down. <laughs> oh, I know. So I anyway, imagine. but it's, it's such a beautiful school. And, you know, I love being in West Edmonton Mall. I absolutely love. I, I dealt probably in 19... 19- 98 with Rafi, yeah. which was one of the brothers. Yeah. And the Grimesians. So, so the Grimesians. So anyway, I told my, hu- we went away for two months. I told my husband, he called me before and I said, I'm not going to do that deal. So then as soon as I got back, he called me and by the, we, we negotiated probably for seven hours in, in no way. Boardroom. <laughs> and then, and then I came home and I, I had to tell my husband, I signed the deal. 
So, it's happening. Yeah. So anyway, he said, I can't believe you did that. I said, well, it's going to be really good for us. I said, I love West Edmonton Mall. Yep. And I have always loved West Edmonton Mall. You know, my, my mother, she runs Laser Shear and Acne Clinic yes. inside West Edmonton Mall as well. Yes. And that was a big decision they needed to make where they choose between paying, of course, a lot higher rent in the yeah, mall or leaving. True. Yeah. At the time, my mom was located right beside Gold's Gym, Evelyn. Yeah, and I, that was rem a, I remember that. That was a good location. It was a yes. good time to be in at yeah. the mall. Yeah. And... You know, the thing is, I would argue still to this day where location matters a lot, even down to where you are inside of a mall. Yeah. But also, if you're going to select where your business is going to be, uh -huh. I would argue that you should know if your audience is in and around that area. Yeah. And the big caveat here is, and, and we could possibly dive into it, is it doesn't matter whether the place has a thousand people in a town yeah. or one million in a city. Yeah. I had this conversation with a friend of mine. Shout out to Chelsea. She yeah. was helping me out a lot yeah. uh, the other night uh, in, in regards to preparing for the episode. And she runs Allure, which is Allure by Chelsea. She does a lot of um, eyebrows and, and she does yeah. eyelashes, right? Yeah. And she was talking about it. She runs her own place in St. Albert. And I was like, yeah, you know what? If Evelyn made 7000 a month in her first business then yeah. in a small town of a 1,000 people, yes. who says others can't do that today? Yeah, and we're just can. breaking down the numbers and we're like, think yeah. about the community aspect. Yes. You know, what you have to build and, and, and how much easier it is for a 1,000 people to, to have word of mouth and share, yes. oh, who's this? Who's this Evelyn opening up a spa? What's going on here? Yeah. But I, I feel like, and maybe you can agree to this from what you've heard, a lot of people misconstrue this. Oh, I gotta go to a big city because that's where big dreams are. No, oh, that's where the money is. And I, I need a lot of money in my little town. So I, I was an hour and a half from Grand Prairie. I had customers coming from Grand Prairie and Peace River and the whole area, High Prairie. So I, I had people coming to me from an hour and a half. It's unreal. So I built my name up there, and. I had a great business, but that was in 1974, um, yeah. and I made $7,000 a month. That's that was unreal. Big money that was <laughs> yeah. big money back Like, then. if we calculate inflation with that now, that is yeah. probably at least, like, I don't know, yeah. 20000 now? Like, yeah, probably. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. I want to ask you, so I'm sure everyone's probably wondering this, how? You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day... And I know, I don't even want to spoil it. There's some pretty creative, unique ways in which you utilize to get people to know your name and to get people to know your brand. Yes. So if anyone else out there wants to make 7K their first month from Evelyn Charles herself, what would be your biggest advice you give them that they need to do as soon as they start their business to okay, make that kind so of money? So for me, it's, it's always about growth. So when I moved to St. Albert, I, I started my salon and I needed, I wanted to build a house. So when I drove to St. Albert, there was these big two-story houses. I, I thought you'd have to be married to, to own one of those homes. So within six months, I was building a house and I saved $60,000. Wow. 60,000. So I always say, if you want to drive a Mercedes tomorrow, you can drive it if you want it badly enough. Yeah. And that, that's what I did. I, I, I did hair in St. Albert when I was my first business out of Falaire. I did, 
I probably worked from nine in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund with yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. Found that differentiated you from every other hairstylist. Like what, what maybe in the conversation yeah. or in the planning or in, you know, how, how you delivered your product or service. What, what, what are some things we could learn from that experience? But, you know, it's, it's a relationship with customers. Big like time. to me, it's it, the biggest thing is relationship with customers. And I, I had probably, I don't know, a thousand customers coming from St. Albert. That's where I started. And, you know, I, I try to support other businesses in the area. And I, I would go to the mall all the time because I was in Aikensdale, which is off the strip. So anyway, I started that, that first business in St. Albert. And, and then I'd go to the mall and I would talk to people and I'd say, here's my card. And, yeah. and you know, even yesterday, I was telling all of our staff, if if they love your hair then give them three cards and say, if you love my service, can I give you three cards for your friends and family? Oh, I love that. It's like you know, the because, referral business. Because it's a referral and you you need to ask for all of that. What does that card give them? It gives them, it gives them, um, it, it just, it's a referral card. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's like, it's a, it's yeah. like with their, uh, yeah. their, their name and their yes. information and yes. everything, right? Yeah. There's something to say about that is is don't be afraid to ask no, for no. the business. Yeah, you know. And on top of that, another thing is don't be afraid to get to know your customer. Yes, right. There's something about sitting down on that chair, the therapeutic experience yes. of someone spending time for themselves to get their hair done. I feel it with my barber. I bug my barber all the time. I'm like, yeah. man, I don't, I don't yeah. need a therapist. You're my yeah. guy. Like, I'll, I'll tell you true. everything. You know. But when when I was downtown and I was still working on the floor. I used to work uh, a lot of hours too, and I used to make um, probably in 90, 90, 94, I got off the floor. So I was making between uh, $1,400 and $2,000 a day wow. in, in my services because I always push myself and say, how much more money can I make? How much more yeah. money can I make? You know, and and I I was servicing my clients and I would tell them, you know, this is the new fashion. This is the new makeup. This is the clothes you need. And I would phone whole Renfrew or whatever store. If somebody was, if I was, somebody liked what I was wearing, I'd say, um, you know, they have this on sale or whatever on at Holt Renfrew, you could go pick it up. I, I'll call for you and see if they have your size. So I offered all that kind of service. So I, I offered just more than haircuts. I, I would educate them on all kinds of fashion. Oh, I love that. 
you are what I like to call a trendsetter, yeah. Evelyn. You yeah. know, someone who is setting the bar and is becoming the go-to expert in that field of, of what we call fashion. Yes. And, and fashion now and beauty is something that I would argue is no longer something that people want to spend their disposable income on. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were like, were saying that, you know, when I did market research for my mother growing yeah. up, her and I talked a lot yeah. about, oh, at the very end of the day, whatever money's left, that's when people will spend their hard-earned dollars on themselves. I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah. I, I think now more yeah. than ever yeah. where, you know, to how we want to present ourselves and, and how we come off and the whole look good, feel great mentality now more than ever, we want to capitalize on that. Yes. And we want people to understand that when you do put your money into yourself through fitness, you know, yes. maybe getting a trainer yes. through like, hey, like get your hair done. Yeah. Right. Like, like no. do something for yourself. Yes. Right. It can pay dividends to like how you show up yes. to that date, how but you to, show up. To me, every day I show up like this every day at work. Yeah. I wash my hair every day. I, you know, I'm not a lazy person. And why, why do you think that's so important? And this is coming from someone who, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I've worked yeah. in the restaurants. I yeah. worked in the retail. Yes. Every single manager would tell me, hey, polish hair, polish yes. shoes. Yes. Like look, come and look pre presentable. Absolutely. Why is that so yeah. important? But it, it is so important because people look at you. And if, if I always say to them, all my staff, if you look good every day and your haircut is cut and you you have great makeup on, they're going to come and point and say, I want that stylist. Like we had a lot of windows at West Edmonton Mall and as soon as somebody would come in, they'd say, I want that girl. So I had my sister and my, my cousin working for me. They were both hairdressers. Nice. And a lot of people would come in and say, oh, she looks great. I, I, I would like to have her. I like that. Yeah. It's it, half of it is just, you know, but it's half pride the chip too. How, yeah. How you yeah. carry yourself. Yeah. It's you know? pride chip. And, yeah. you know, for me, I'm a great hostess, even in my home. Nice. I'm a great cook. And, you know, I, I host all my people. Mm -hmm. So even when, when they were customers of mine, I hosted them all the time. That's awesome. I can tell. Yeah. I, I, that, that's no surprise yeah. at all. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I want us to shift into a little bit about what you spoke earlier when, sure enough, the pandemic happened and you are someone, of course, in an industry that also got extremely affected. Yes. However, you did something really cool four or so years ago. Yeah. You made hand sanitizer. Yes, I you did. Know? And you, at a point where you recognize it was much more of a necessity than ever before, you started to recognize the importance of bringing that back yes. onto the shelf. Guide us through, Evelyn, that first day you realized that you and your staff were not going back to work and you needed to quickly pivot or quickly figure out a brand new strategy to keep the ball rolling. Yes. You know, I'd love to hear how so, that all happened. So in, in 2016, we made a hand sanitizer, a very luxury one that mm -hmm. was sold in our salons and we had a hand cream to match it. And then, and then when the pandemic hit, we were closed down and I didn't know how we were going to pay our rents, you know, and we had a lot of locations back then. So, yeah. so anyway, we, we, we made our hand sanitizers, 
that were not as luxury. And we had frontline working workers. We had City of Edmonton. We had FedEx. We had uh, Alberta Health Services. We we made probably a thousand bottles, and we made two million dollars. Holy moly! Yeah, that is impressive. So, so it was really it was it was good for us because. We always reinvent and pivot ourselves, but yeah. now our our new lab is going to be our our new business, and it, we're making products probably that's going to go to China, to to the U.S., to Europe. That's so, amazing! Yeah, congratulations! That's yeah. huge! Yeah, to make a quick two two million dollars on yes. hand in sanitizer in six weeks. In six weeks. Wow. So I, I was on the, the line filling and we worked from probably eight o'clock in the morning till one thirty in the morning. Wow. So, so my husband and I were there all the time. Yeah. And you know, I'm not afraid of hard work. I've never been afraid of that. And that's probably what propelled our business to where it is today. That's amazing. And congratulations, rightfully so. It, there's something to say about that where never underestimate the level of creativity you have in the years that have brought you to where you are in terms of recognizing that you created a product once upon a time four years ago yeah probably just for the sake of hey we're in beauty we're in health we want to stay clean let's create some hand sanitizer that now look it's just a matter of going back to the drawing board and being like guys yeah we need to bring that back yeah because guess what the whole entire world needs it now yes like more than ever and right now we're we're going to sell our luxury hand sanitizer to probably europe africa the united states so we're 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 working with people that right now please tell me it smells nice it smells beautiful. Okay, that's I perfect. I should have brought... I'm going <laughs> to send you some. I'm going to send you some. I need me some luxury hand sanitizer. Yeah. Every guest but is going to be using everybody, that. Everybody, it, it really smells nice. And there's four different scents. Nice. And there's an unscent, unscented one, too. Well, well, I mean, hey, we're still living through this uh, good old pandemic. Uh, where can people get it here locally in Edmonton? Or online, in, rather. They can get it online on Shopify. Nice. And then they can get it in our store in West Edmonton Mall. Perfect. I, yeah. I know where I'm going. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I want to know, Evelyn, I mean, this could be related to what we're just talking about with innovating and, and going through the changes naturally through what happens in the economy. What What do you have to say about let's say, mastering delegation. Because you are running, at this point, a huge operation, right? Like when you shared with me your business model and and all of the steps in it, I was able to recognize that, okay, well, this is impossible if it's a one-woman show, you know? No, I I have a great team. Yeah. I've had a president that started with me. She, She was 17. She went to Nate for marketing and business. And then she started working on my front desk. She's she's um, my cousin's uh, daughter. Oh, nice! Wow. And there you she's go. worked with me for twenty seven years. And that's amazing. You, know, you you need to pick good people that are going to be smarter than you. And it's, you know she she's very smart, and she has a different um, way of doing business than I do. But I was probably pretty strict. And I don't think the millennials would handle that anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll stab at us yeah. millennials, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I love the millennials, but... Fair. But, you know... They, you can't beat around the bush. Like, no. this this needs to be done. And if yeah. it's not done, we're all screwed. But she, <laughs> she is a really good leader, and she, she is... She's going to be the new leader of our business. That's amazing. And she's doing it probably three quarters of the time now. Yeah. I'm trying to retire. Yeah. But I, I still go plan. into all of our businesses. But I, I will never quit working 100% because it keeps your mind active. And, you know, my mom died of Alzheimer's. She had Alzheimer's for 14 years. And, you know, I, I don't want to be static. I, yeah. If you keep your mind busy it's going to be much better for you. You picked up part on something, Evelyn, super important there is you shouldn't, if you're ready to run an enterprise as large as Evelyn, be the smartest person in the room. You know, yeah. find people who have yes. such unique yes. qualities in them and yeah. skill sets that yeah. you just don't have. And you can't be jealous of them because I always say we have so many smart people in our company. And, you know, I, I I was never, I, I had my grade 12 education, but I feel like I earned my MBA. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I do. I do. Yeah. Because what do they call it? An honorary MBA? Yeah. When someone has walked through yes. multiple steps and but they, you they know, get one? I, I, it, it was a real coup in my cap to teach uh, MBA level for marketing and my business. That's huge. Yeah. And that's yeah. without even a college education. Yeah. No, I had my grade 12 education, but I always took uh, executive courses because, you know, you need to stay ahead of your curve. Always. Because if you're not if you're not getting educated on business, then you're never going to grow. You're never going to grow. I'm so glad you're sharing that right now yeah. because I think if more and I'm just going to say it females heard yeah. this yeah. from another female who also isn't college educated however is someone that believes in the pursuit of educating themselves in what they want to be educated in yes. because don't get me wrong i bet you every single day every week every month you're thinking about how to improve a yeah. salon how to be a better hairstylist so many years ago i was um i was um asked to apply for for the quantum shift which is uh, a week in London Western University mm -hmm. for business. Okay. So so I I was qualified and they took uh, they took two hundred applications and they took 40, 40 people across Canada. So I went to that course and it was probably one of the best courses I've ever been to. Wow! What did you yeah. do? What did, what was like the biggest learning experience from that? Well, it was case studies after yeah. case studies and you know i was there with 40 entrepreneurs and you know the woman from tnt was there and there's a lot of great entrepreneurs the so, owner of tnt yeah supermarket yeah oh there yeah. you go that's yeah. awesome so so i was there with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and you know i learned a lot from them too and then i went to the i was I was uh, awarded a global award for for Canada, and I went to London, England, with my president, and we we then went to Barcelona, and we we That's got awesome. the second global award for wow. our industry That's in huge. Canada. That's so huge. then, so then I went, 
I went to the UCLA because they were offering that course. So we, I brought five of my people to UCLA for a whole week. Oh, that's to awesome. To do an executive course. Yeah, to get this done. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. It just goes to show that you don't necessarily need a degree to, to ultimately reach a high point of success. No. I want you to even share... Because this is the thing I find that's really tough. Yeah. Is there's people out there, and, and let's say even specifically females, who feel like if they decide to be a business owner, they are going to be going up a very steep, steep hill. Like they're going to have to in this day and age. And and I have some yes. of our listeners share this with us yeah. who are females. Some yeah. of them who are like, oh my goodness, like I have to compete against these guys i have to compete against you know other people who are educated like what advice would you give even a young female today or male who's just about to start they don't have any university education they don't necessarily feel like they need one they have a passion yeah they They, they just they want to be their own business owner they just don't know where to start they're constantly like I'm going to do it. Oh, no, not not a good idea. I'm yeah. about to go fight some, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. fighting against wolves here. They're not a first adopter, you know, because this in this day and age, Evelyn, this is our biggest problem with millennials is, yeah. in, in my opinion, is we get so, you could say held back and we, we, we get timid to jump in because there's already so many people who are, who are fishing in the same pond. But, you know, you need to fight the race. You need to keep fighting, 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 fighting for your business. And that's what I did all my life. So I'm a fighter, and and you need to to read a lot. You need to read a lot of books. You need like you don't need a university degree to run a business, but if you can read and you can learn, like I would call a lot of people. I'd say I'm having this struggle, and I would call a lot of businessmen, and and there was more businessmen in my days than there was women. Yeah. So, so anyway, I call these guys and I'd say, can I bring you out for lunch? And they would give me really good advice. And I was never called, I never scared to call anybody. And they always met me. I, I wish I remember the name yeah. of this gentleman. It was like when I was really getting into listening to podcasts and it was one of the very first ones I listened to. And he said, the biggest investment you can make is taking someone out for lunch. Yeah, and he said he has like, yeah. what was it? He said something like crazy, like twenty thousand dollars a year. He's like, yeah. I put aside twenty thousand dollars a year, and when I connect with people, I say, Hey, let me take you out for lunch. Yeah. You have to eat. I have to eat. I have yeah. some problems in my life going yeah. on related to I like from 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 how you handle things. I feel yeah. like you'll help me out in. Let me take you out to, yeah. to a nice full three course meal. Yes, and again, like to your point putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Yeah. I find that so important to do in relationships, yes. but also in business. Because yeah. every single business owner wants to look like they have it all figured out. Yes. And then when you're and able to create... people help me out. And I was, mm. I was on the board of governors for the Junior Achievement, and I met some really high-profile men. And, you know, I could phone any one of them, and they would help me out. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. It, it reminds me of how... I know this is something you care so much about based off of how you structured Evelyn, your academy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when I look at Evelyn Charles Academy, I see two really unique things is I see the opportunity for someone to hone in on that passion to actually learn how to, you know, be a stylist. Yes. You know, here, here's how to actually do someone's hair yes. the way they want it done. And then there's the other aspect of it that I find makes you the, the biggest differentiator compared to any other academy is yeah. you teach individuals who want to do this the business practices that they need to know yes they don't have to get the degree yeah. with that but the reason i started the school is because we couldn't find enough qualified students mm. so so i said like let's put a really good program out there and let's let's get some some great people that can teach everybody you know so yeah. So, and now we just applied for our international st status and we're going to get a lot of students from around the world. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so we have somebody working in India and the Philippines and th they said we could fill your school with 300 students <sighs> right now. That's unreal. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. Because right now, is it only affiliated in Canada? Yeah, it is. So you... you so we, we get students from across Canada. We get students from Halifax, uh, Saskatchewan, BC, Manitoba. So we get a lot of students from Canada, but it would be nice to have students from around the world. Your, your concept so unique, because this is the way I like looking at it, is you identified a problem you had. Where yeah. It was like, why can't we find the fit? Why can't we find the one? And it's like, if you yeah. can't find them, yeah. create them, you know? So, so when we started uh, our, our businesses, we had to train students for a year and a half before we would put them on the floor. So now when they come out of our school, we can put them on the floor in three months. Oh, that's awesome. Three months. Why the year and a half originally? That's a long process. Hey? But, you know, we, we had to make sure that they were great at haircutting, yeah. great at coloring, great, great customer service. Yeah, there's a lot but, they have to know. Yeah. I still go teach in our school. I, I Every class that comes new in our school, we, we probably do classes every six weeks and I go speak to them. Good. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Because I, I want to mentor them and, you know, I want to make sure that they're successful in their journey too. I love that. That is awesome. I can't imagine what this looks like right now. Is it possible for your programming to be online just for the sake of anyone who wants to okay, learn right so, now? So right now we're, we're working with a gentleman. His name is Quincy and he, he has done virtual classrooms so we could train off-site and we're going to do this with a lot of the first nation communities right now so so you could have an instructor marking oh go to classroom one and go and we're doing virtual tours of all of our school right nice now. yeah so so they could a teacher could go in classroom one and teach them exactly what they need do they need a partner at home? Like if they're going to be practicing on somebody, is it something where like if they're learning online, they, they'll they need another body? They can send videos and they can send, oh, nice. send pictures of mm. what they're doing. And then and then they can get graded. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so we have a virtual classroom uh, makeup program that we started with quite a few years ago. And it's really picking up steam now. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad you guys pivoted. 
I yeah. knowing you, there's not going to be a, oh no, we're trying to figure it out. It's like we figured it out. Yeah, we <laughs> we're it online out. now. But this, <laughs> I love it. This whole virtual classroom is going to go. So we're we're contacting a lot of big companies, and we're going to teach eyelashes, nails, makeup, everything, everything online now. I love that. I want to ask you a question about value. You know, when when we talk about that, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs sorry not even a lot of let's just say in general and this kind of goes back to my point about that is it nature is it nurtured i had a good friend of mine the other day we go for a run and he told me something that really resonated it made me realize that just some people feel uncomfortable about this he goes man i love everything we do but i just when it comes down to asking someone for their money he's like i hate that part yeah and that's where i recognize okay like there's that business quality I have where I don't get uncomfortable. I go, hey, here's how much I cost. Here's my value. And this is what it comes with. What do you feel like you did in your experience that might help someone now figure out what their value is for them to feel comfortable to be like, yeah, this is my asking price. But you need, you need to charge and you you need to figure out what your rent costs and which, what your whole business costs. And you need, you need to set that up as soon as you can, because if if you're going to charge twenty dollars for a haircut, you're never going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So so our haircuts go up to they start at probably forty dollars for the juniors, mm-hmm. and then they go up to probably ninety or ninety five dollars. There you go. Yeah. And that number, obviously, yeah. it's neat that you said this. Is it first came with okay? Well, how much is this cut going to cost me, yes. the business owner? Yes. Exactly. Right. The time for the employee, yes. the, the 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 upkeep of the the, the yeah. keeping the lights on yeah. and etc. So do you have, and again, this might just be trade secrets and you could be like, Kenny, nope, not sharing it. But for anyone out there, is it is there a certain number you want to give them where you're like, okay, take your fixed costs and take some of your variable costs. Okay, now be this much higher. Is there anything that you, you would need, suggest? You need to make money in a business. It's yeah. not a shame to make money. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if you're going to work so hard, you need to make money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that, businesses shouldn't make a lot of money but you know i've i've worked so many different angles of our businesses but i love numbers yeah i love i love looking at numbers and i love love looking at forecasts and and making goals yeah so i'm a very goal driven person totally yeah i think yeah you definitely would you would you agree that you just have to enjoy the idea of I think saying numbers is too broad, but I mean, let's put it this way. If someone is uncomfortable asking for money and they're technically they're a business owner, are they in the right position to be a business owner? Is there some changes they need to be making about that? Is it psychological? Yeah. You know, even, even a lot of our students, like when I ask them, what do you want to do in your life? Yeah. And they always say, I want to open my own business, but Business is not for everybody. You need to mm-hmm. have strong leadership and you need to have co- good confrontation mm-hmm. to lead a business. So a lot of people, like I, if, if I had to teach a course to women, I would say confrontation is the biggest problem for women. 
Yeah, like deal yeah. with conflict resolution yeah. yes, and don't be is. afraid to have those hard hitting conversations, no, no. right? Where you have and to put I'm, your foot I'm down. I'm never hard. I'm never I'm never scared to to tell somebody something. I've been more scared, Evelyn, of female managers I've had than male managers yeah. in my past yeah. because yeah. they were good at that. Yeah. Like yeah. they were like, listen, this needs to get done and if yeah. it doesn't, you're not doing your job. Yes, I agree. What what would be some uh I don't know, from a, from a perspective of your own experience where you remember you needed to have that crucial conversation with somebody and when it happened, whether it was immediate or not, you earned their respect from it. I'd love to hear but from that person. I have side. a lot of people that have contacted me over the years and they said, you were strict, but I learned a lot from that. Nice. And you know, I I... I have no problem telling anybody anything. Mm -hmm. I really don't. No beating and around the bush. Just... No, no. And very straight and very direct. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can't be mean either. Yeah. But, but you know, if, if, if you explain to someone, like, this is not good. You need, you need to work harder. And even yesterday I was in our salons and I said, you know, if you're not servicing your client by by giving them the retail and teaching them everything and you're not you're not rebooking your their next appointment yeah like that, that's business and you know because a lot of people feel afraid of doing that but I never was afraid of that I love that. It's like, it's dating, right? Yeah. When are we seeing yeah. each other next? Yeah, exactly. It's that simple, yeah. right? You care about that client's beauty. You care about them yes. looking their best. Yes. Okay, in three, yeah. four weeks, they're going to need a little bit of a reassessment, right? That hair is going to, yeah. you know, the yeah. sun's going to come out. It's going to yeah. change things. I need to see you again next month. Yeah. What works better for you, Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, that's what we do all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that you share that because yeah. that is something in the fitness industry that I can't stress enough in terms of what I've learned as a manager yeah. when when I when I want to tell my trainers, hey, there's two things is every decision you make and what you tell your your clients is to make sure that you're gonna give them better results. Because yes. that's what they came in for. And two, let's yes. make you more money. Yeah. Let's fill your plate. And Absolutely. you do that by yeah. doing your best to find the next time you're gonna yeah. see them. But that's why you're in business. That's why you're in business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, you gotta operate that way, yeah. right? Yes. I, I love that. That is yeah. awesome. W would there be a time where I kind of want to look at this from the perspective of regret? You know, there's probably been a million decisions you've had to make yes. uh, along the way in business, in your personal life. There's two sides to this, to this coin. And I want you to share both is one, is there something that happened that didn't end up turning out in the outcome at the time you wanted it? to go into, but you don't regret it because something magical happened yeah. from it. But, you know, we, we were going to do, um, we, we went with the Bay and Saks Fifth Avenue and we were going to do a franchise. And, you know, when, when I, when I did those two stores in Calgary, I, I realized that, you know what, it's going to be a, a hard job to do that. Like a lot of people think franchises are just like that. But, you know, there's a lot of disgruntled franchisees. So I, I, I realized that after that, I didn't want to do that. That's fair. Other than the franchise model, what, what does your model look like right now? Because you do have more than one location, yeah, right? You have yeah, several. Yeah, yeah. So if it's not a franchise model, what, what exactly is it on the business but side? But, you know, 
we we've we've did a lot of our stores. We shut down because the leases were running out or whatever. Yeah. But because you know, it's a very hard business to run. So yeah. I had a store in Vancouver, and then I had two stores in Kelowna, and it was it was during the time that a lot of Albertans were moving to Kelowna. And I thought, oh, well, if all of these Albertans from Calgary and Edmonton are moving to Kelowna, we should set up a business. And then, and then everybody convinced me to do the first one in, in the mall in Kelowna. And then I, I did the second one on Lakeshore Road because people from Kelowna didn't want to go to the mall. So mm. then, so then we, we had these two stores, but you know, it's really hard to get great managers and, and, and it, it's not just like selling retail. It's, it's numbers. It's so much of that. Yeah. It's so much more to run a hair salon and a spa than yeah. just retail. I, I'm really glad you said that yeah. because retail is a product. Yeah. You are in a service oriented yeah, business. Yeah, we are service and retail. Yeah. And there's something that. I'm really curious to ask when you share that. I'm just needing to remember yeah. exactly what that was. Yeah. It, it was something that you were mentioning. Through that, yes, I found it. Yeah. When it comes to your name being the brand, right? How much of that was intentional and how much of that worked in your favor because why I ask that, Evelyn, is I've met people along the way now who are entrepreneurs who go into one of two of the boxes. One where they're, hey, I am my business. Yeah. You know, my name is the business. I, every yes. tw every hour on the hour, I'm thinking about how I am a reflection of yeah. what I put out there. And then there's others who are like, hey, I'm me. My yeah. business is the business. Yeah. And, and we're I'm separate. I'm so separate. Is that right? So when, I'm when surprised. I, when I uh, reserve in a restaurant, I always reserve under my husband's name. No way. Because I don't want any favors. Yeah, I the whole name favors. thing, right? So I don't I don't want to say my name. So so my name is totally disconnected from the business. Wow. Totally okay. Disconnected. So is that something when you were the evolution of creating the name yeah. and, and, and it's Evelyn Charles, yeah. guide but, me through how that changed. But, you know, we used to be called Bianco Nero. Okay, there you go. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And we had a, a two, two stores downtown. And then, and then in 2000, I had a partner that we opened Calgary together. And, and then I said, well, you know, let's just part ways. Let's just part ways and you keep that store in Calgary mm. and I'll keep Edmonton. So then, so then he kept Bianco Nero name. And I, in the 2000, when, when everybody was confused about what the world was going to be like, yeah, yeah. You know, we changed our name in 2000. Oh, there you go. To Evan Charles. And when you change that, were you also in the mentality then where you're like, I want to be separate from the business? Because that's what you need. I've always been separate in, from the business. But yeah. Because it's my name. And, you know, we've had a great brand. Yeah. So I sat uh, probably for 10 years on the biggest board in the U.S. It's called a PBA. And, and. I was probably better known in the States. Lena and I used to teach a lot of business courses in the United States. So I was probably more known in the United States and Canada. 
Wow, no way. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. funny how that works, eh? You yeah. could go to one particular area yeah. or yeah. place and be yeah. known than others. Yeah. I feel like we got so much out of this portion of the conversation from you, Evelyn, on, on the business front. Yeah. I want us to shift into some some details on uh, fashion and then fitness. Okay. Being that we've talked a little bit already about your passion in fashion. Yeah. <laughs> that rhymes. That was totally, um, yeah. that, yeah, yeah, I did not even mean to do that. That was perfect. Yeah. Passion and fashion. So yes. with that in mind, guide us through where is the fashion industry heading right now from your perspective? Where would you want it to go? Yeah. You know, because a, a lot of clothes now is disposable because, you know, I used to spend spent so much money back in the day at whole Renfrew. I used to buy Donna Karen suits and spend a lot of money. Yeah. But now the clothes is so great. It's disposable. It is. And it's so much cheaper now. Yeah. It's, so I'm going to wear it once. Yes. And like I went to H&M the yeah. other day. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm no, actually no. wearing an H&M yeah. sweater. But I, I love H&M yeah. and I love Zara too. It's affordable. And, I, I, and you know, I even shop at Winners and Marshalls because... They have a lot of great stuff too. They do. Yeah, they do. And I, I find so, that we're in this time where you just want to wear it once. Yeah, you do. You know? You do. And you know, for me, I like lots of clothes and I I I I change every day and I don't want to wear something for the same for the month. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll change it up that often, yeah. right? So I anyway, that. I just I I buy disposable clothes now and I buy some great outfits, yeah. great outfits. So for the ladies listening to this, and I'm going to bring it back to them, you know, they, they want to look and feel cool. They want to feel yeah. sexy. They yeah. want to, they want to also feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. What sort of, what would you, not even what sort of, cause I, I yeah. understand fashion yeah. is a statement. It's different yes. for everyone. Yeah. What should someone be feeling when they're making a decision to wear something? And I, I'm going to tell you how yeah. I feel about this. Yeah. I'm big on wear something that matches your personality. Yes. Wear something that you're not going to wear just because you feel like everyone will accept you for wearing it. Yeah. So from Evelyn Charles herself, what what advice would you give someone when they're trying to figure out their style? I I would always say, you know, for me, I always had my own style. And, you know, I love shopping and I would go into a store and I, I would span the store and I'd say, okay, I like that. I like this. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I would walk through the whole store. And, you know, you have to have your own style. Yeah. You can't copy everybody. So for me, it was never about, it was always being dressed up and and professional. Professional. So for me, I was never a sexy dresser. Mm-hmm. That's not my style. No, you weren't like into re- like revealing no, that type, no, right? No, I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. No. So my my most revealing is probably a sundress or or, <laughs> or bathing suit on a holiday. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I uh, it's funny because yeah. I I find there's so many things that we mentioned about our stories where I can relate. Yeah. I'll go into a clothing store, Evelyn. Yeah. And what I I, I like to do the same thing is like I want to touch and see yeah, everything. And then what I do is I'll yeah. grab the clothing item. Yeah. I'm tr- I'm starting to be smart about it now. Where I'll grab yeah. the clothing item knowing I'm grabbing a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That I can either afford yeah. or that I can like want to get. Yeah. But I'll grab all the things I like 
And then now what I've noticed, I'll go to the change room yeah. or, or now it's post pandemic. Yeah. I'll just have yeah. to kind of look at it yeah. and see. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? You compared to the first few don't need, you yeah, know, you don't, you I, can, no, don't need, don't need. Too. And like just doing it through like seeing all of them yes. from the selected yeah. options you like. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny. It's a need to learn how people shop. But you know, you, you need to like, for me now, I'm, I'm not going to work seven days a week or six days a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. So now I need, I need different stuff. So in my house, I wear leggings and sweatshirts. Yeah. The wardrobe's <laughs> probably changed a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Right? It's changed a lot. So now I, my worry is what am I going to do with all these closets? <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Hey, you know what? I bet new side hustle. You sell those, you yeah. know, you say Evelyn Charles Warren and yeah. that, that's going to be, it's going to be a high ticket yeah, price item. The, right there. <laughs> the last time I had a clothing sale, I made $5,000 on it. No way. I See, did. that yeah. is unreal. It was like yeah. a garage sale type thing. Yeah, or? it was, it, it started in my school and then it ended up in my garage and I, I advertised Evelyn Charles is having a clothing sale. Oh, I so love I that. So many people. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal, right? Yeah, it's actually yeah. there's a there's something yeah. to that. Yeah. But I donated a lot to uh it's called suitable wear or whatever suits. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I donated a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I I take it are you a hoarder? Are you do you like to hold on to something of sentimental value or are you kind of like ah, But no. I had I had stuff years ago that you know, I had some back in the day, I I had Gucci stuff, I had Chanel stuff, and sometimes those were expensive items, and it's hard to give up. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Especially yeah. when you recognize like yeah th those fruitful moments where you knew at that time you had to work yeah. so hard to earn it, to earn and you want it, yeah. you want to keep and it. I bought stuff when I was hardly earning any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because it was important to me to have some of those brands. Yeah, no. Again, yeah. you look and feel the part, yeah. right? Yes. I want to know for. I feel like I, I'm not doing my job if I don't ask this. <laughs> Is uh, what does a typical you know makeup tips or or hair routine you have? for our listeners anything where you feel like yeah. it's self-care related uh is there, is there anything that you particularly do that you when, want to share with you our know, audience i i i get cuts all the time and i i try to change my cuts quite a bit oh yeah and then and then i change my makeup every season and i change my clothes every season nice. because you know if if you if you're wearing the same hairstyle 10 years ago you're outdated mm -hmm. you're outdated and if you like I always used to tell my customers, you've not changed your hair for 10 years. So if you wore the same clothes 10 years ago, how dated would you be? <laughs> I like that. You know, because, you know, it's true. Like yeah. it's the truth. Like if, if you don't change your hair for 30 years, you're not having fun in the industry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so true. You, you yeah. gotta, you gotta get spunky a little yes. bit and change yeah. things up, yeah. right? And and yeah, yeah with fashion, yes. with statements that you know a lot of um, fashion-forward influencers yeah. make, they yes. they they tend to again yeah. set that trend. Yes, right. But you know, my passion all my life has been fashion. I love, love, love fashion. Well, where's your favorite place to look at for for like? wearing or doing the next best thing like where do, where do you typically look for uh, let's just say right now going into spring 2021 yeah. but i i i watch all the fashion runways and i mm. i watch a lot of pinterest and i have probably 
50 boards on my Pinterest. And nice. I save a lot of hairstyles and I do the trend releases for still uh, for our salons and yeah. schools. So I, I save a lot of Pinterest boards and then I say 2021 hair, spring, fall. Yep. Like I, I, and you know, years ago we used to look through magazines, Vogue magazines, and now, yeah. now it's it's digital. It's, Pinterest has replaced that experience, it right? It has, yeah. I, I I've been talking a lot about with you today, Evelyn. Like, oh, what do females think? And and, and going on the notion of, of of female listeners. But uh, for any of our guys out there listening to this, and I'm actually very curious too. Do you guys cut guys' hair? I'm sure. Yeah, we do. That's something yeah, you do, right? We do. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this. I don't know if, and it wouldn't be surprised if I do, but I remember, I, personally, I reached this point. I was in high school, right? And I remember I was getting my hair cut at a salon, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had the lovely ladies in the salon. Yeah. They gave me mm-hmm. shampoo. Yeah. They gave me yeah. conditioner. I, I love that part, yeah, right? Massage. <laughs> yeah, they, they peppered <laughs> you right up. They, they yeah. complimented on, yeah. on your looks today, yeah. right? And that made me feel good. And I remember there was this trend, right? Yes. Where guys started getting fades. Yes. And then I remember I would walk into a salon. Yes. And I'd be like, oh, I'd like to get a fade. Yeah. And they'd be like, but they're oh, not yeah. as good. <laughs> Hairdressers are not as good as barbers. I, hey, I respect that yeah. opinion. No, no. It's true. It's true. So so if somebody has not had barber training, mm. they're, they're not as good. We we have a, a guy that's had two businesses on uh, White Avenue, and he's teaching in our school right now. And I'm I'm giving him a lot of time to teach all of our hairdressers for barbering. Awesome! It's yeah. a need now. Do you look at it almost like, hey, Absolutely. like we should have hairstylists know this? Yeah. Now I know what to ask. Yes. I'm going to walk into a salon and I'm going to yes. say, hey, yes. do you have barber training? Yes. And if they say no, no I'm true. walking out. No, no. Because there's there's a big difference. Like I, I used to do uh, a longer men's haircuts when I was on the floor. Mm-hmm. But I learned how to do fades on my husband. Nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. What better way to that, right? So is Evelyn Charles barber trained? Are you barber trained? No. But, That's you know, I, I learned a lot about it because... I respect the honesty. Yeah. I, I learned a lot about it because I could do fades now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, done deal. I should have I should have grabbed my razor. We could have we we made this happen <laughs> right now. No. No, that's fair. But, you know, when, when I was a hairdresser, I didn't like to do a lot of men because, because I, um, I made way more money with women. Fair. Yeah. So it, it it wasn't my favorite thing to do, men. But I I had a lot of male customers that the the wives would send them to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's so funny because I had a male customer, and he was pretty arrogant, and he he treated me like I was a hairdresser. Oh, and you know, I always I always said I'm gonna stand up to myself. So. So anyway, he was a lawyer and he he would treat me like kind of like I wasn't smart enough. Like he he acted like he's above you in yeah, the circumstance. Of- so then so then I asked him the question. I said, "How much money do you make? If this is going to be important to you, how much money?" And so he told me, I can't remember what it was. And I said, "Well, I probably make double of what you make." <laughs> I said, "Is that putting us on 
yeah. fair fair feels. That I would have loved it if you were like, hey, one sec, I'm just gonna grab my card. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you go but, grab your card. You know, and like, then, you and then he became my best customer and best advocate. No way. Yeah, he uh, the same guy. Yeah, yeah. What do you feel like changed there? When I when I said to him, "Are we playing on on the same fields right now?" Like it, like I make more money than you. Mm-hmm. So is it about? How smart I am, yeah, or what? status, whatever you know? it is. Yeah. No, I lo- I love that. This goes back to your point about you need to put your foot down. Yeah, you do. In moments like yeah. that, yeah. and not be afraid of how the person's no. going to react. No. Look and see how that person immediately. Yeah. That bet you their wall went down, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, okay, whoa." Yeah. You know, but and- when I told him how much money I made, it changed the whole conversation. <laughs> and I think, I think you know what? To be honest with you, Evelyn, that makes me kind of sad. Is like yeah. to know that all of a sudden he's gonna respect you more just based off of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, it just kind of no. makes me feel like no. people need to start. And I know this isn't everyone, but treat it's a, the classic rule: treat others how you want to be treated. Absolutely. And and you know what? That you should respect even the janitor and, and even yes. every single person in the room because if it's one for them this place won't even be up i agree you with know you. and you never know who you're talking to you he's do. thinking oh i'm talking to a hairstylist yeah. okay even if you are great yeah. this person's getting your hair done yeah. little does he know he's he's having the owner of this entire operation cut yeah. his hair yeah you know and it's like you don't know what you don't know yeah right but you know i i respect everybody in our salon like even I had a girl that was a Filipino girl, and she she came to me um, through the Philippines, and she left to the United States because her parents were living there. And I still tell her she, she was one of my best employees, nice. best, best employees. Yeah. And I absolutely adored her. But, you know, I had a lot of... Uh, Filipino girls come to work for me because they were my nannies and then I sent them all to school for for estheticians because they're great estheticians Mm -hmm. and some of them have thanked me over and over because the first nanny I had I taught her how to drive I taught her how to save money I taught her how to to invest and she says to me all the time I'm so grateful for for what you did to me. And Aww. I had probably six or eight Filipinos come through the years. That's and amazing. I sent them all to school. Honestly, like, I don't mean and, this to be biased, yeah. but I find Filipinos are the most hardworking people they I've are. ever met in my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I every single them. one I come across, yes. they are phenomenal and, human beings. And, you know, they're, they're very... Con- uh, they have great conversations. Mm. They they lend to to the whole business. Like my Filipino girls, estheticians are some of the best yeah. I've ever had. Conversational, very yes. giving, yeah. very giddy, very right? giving, and they're very kind to people and very servient. Yeah, yeah, it is. They're unbelievable. I I grew up, Evelyn. Um, you know, when my parents were working three, four jobs, and they yeah. immigrated here from yeah. India, yeah. we were taken care of by a Filipino family. Yeah, and they were our family. You know, like they, yeah. um, Jem, she she was like a mother to us, yeah. and she she raised us for like a yes. good two three years. And we were there every day, you know, yeah. we had, we were sleeping over there and we were getting yeah. taken care of and they were, they're so loving. Like I, but my, my uh, youngest son, um, she came to, to work for us when 
he was a baby. And I said, if you give me eight years, I'll send you to school. And then she would, on her day off, she would come from Millwoods all the way to St. Albert, which where I live. And she would bring him a hot lunch. Wow. And, And, you know, they still have such a close bond. I love that. Like, she's like his second mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to get into something personal here. I mean, it's something I didn't even expect I'd talk about, but um I'm actually genuinely very curious to know your opinion. I'll tell you what I'm going through right now, and I I almost feel like maybe there's an answer you might say that I'm just looking for. It might not be the case. So I recently I I was in a, a pretty, you know, um serious relationship, right? And mm-hmm. I, it's been now a few months that I'm single. And I'm starting to accept and recognize that from the result of the breakup and from, you know, not entirely so, but uh-huh. from the result of the breakup and even now as I'm navigating my own life and yeah. meeting other people, I recognize that time is very valuable for people and I can't give that time. And this is coming from someone who is, you know, on his own entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. I'm doing my podcast. I'm working my nine to five. I'm I'm trying to juggle so much. I'm trying to get my black belt in jujitsu eventually. Yeah. I want to one day run my own academy. Like all these yeah. things are going on. And I remember feeling in my previous relationship how much limited time I can give. But now I'm like, okay, well, Kenny, you need to be honest with women you meet yeah. right from the get-go. I agree. And, and I've shared this recently and I, I feel like it is going to be the result of realizing when someone I was speaking with, she said, she's like, well, I told her this. I'm like, I feel like I could only see someone I end up dating once a week mm-hmm. for the next five years, yeah. at least. Yeah. And I don't even know what's going to come after that. And she said, well, how do you even expect to have a girlfriend? And that hit me really hard. And I was like, yeah, because I'm a very... Some people understand though. No, like, some, yeah. Yeah. So my husband and I met like probably 1984 and he was flying overseas and he was he had a really busy schedule and I I had my businesses and I had my kids so I would bring him to sports and and you know we we made it work like I I worked a lot of times till 10 o'clock at night yeah and that, that's normal. Yeah. But for, for you, you're like, you, you jive off of that. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I only have this much time left. Yeah. So I started, like, I'm in this point now, Evelyn, where it's like, to your point, is there someone who's just going to accept that and be okay with it? Am I just going to have to accept being this single for the next five years? You need to I'm, find a very busy person. <laughs> and you know what? That's the thing. I'm yeah. so glad you said it. Yeah. Is it's like, and I love someone who's a great friend of mine and she she yeah. runs several locations of her own business. Yeah. The way she put it, she's like, Kenny, this is what I want. And what she wants is what I want. Yeah. Mind you, there's a big age gap, but yeah. uh, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's besides yeah. the point. She says, I want someone who has their own boat. Yes. And I want to have my boat. Yes. And I want us to just, you know, we're kind of going at the same yeah. time. Yeah. But he has his thing, I have my thing. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes sense. And then I see and her and I relate where why we both struggle sometimes to like yeah. Yeah. find but that you know, person. You need to find someone that's as busy as you. And my husband and I, we trade off on everything. So when I'm busy and he's busy, then then we just trade off on on doing our own things yeah yeah 
Because I wouldn't want a man that was so needy and so around. And yeah. So, like, I, I I, couldn't stand that. Someone who's got nothing but time. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I would, you know, for me, I've been busy all my life and my husband's been busy too. And he's, he's just a, a great guy because he keeps himself busy too. Awesome. So you don't feel like, Evelyn, it's something where I... I don't have to go into this next chapter in my life of feeling like I'm sacrificing the idea of being with someone. It's just more so you're gonna you're just gonna have to find the right fit with someone yeah. who's just yeah. as relentlessly busy as you and they're chasing after their own dream and goals. Yes, yeah. That's and fair. that's what you need. That's yeah. what you need. Because my husband and I have chased our goals all of our life. And yeah. you know, sometimes we get together at night or whatever. You know, and even when I was raising kids, I I was working a lot of hours too. Yeah. And, you know, and my kids turned out fine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. That's a very important yeah. uh, statement to make because. Because a lot of women feel guilty. Yeah. Even when I was teaching that MBA course on marketing and, and business, a lot of women felt so guilty for leaving their kids. I said, well, you know, I had my mom first and then I had nannies and they took great care of my kids. Yeah, the values that you were taught from your own mother is now yes, being, yes. you know, passed on to your children. Yes. What are, what are some other advice you could share with mothers like that who feel guilty, who almost like they get into the motherhood state and they can't help but feel that sense of yeah. I'm a mother now yeah. and the emotional changes yeah. that are happening. But for me, I always, I always loved business and I always wanted to work. So with my first child, I had um, two weeks off, and then I went back to work. No, that's it, my hey? my second child, I had six days off and went wow. back to work. I can just picture you being like, okay, I got to get back out there. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I, I love working, and yep. it makes me happy, and it makes me a better, better mom. I, lo I love that you say that because yeah. it comes back to yeah. whether it's business or not, yeah. what is it in your life yeah. that you still need to fill your cup yeah. So you can go back to being the best at being a mother. Yes. You know, and, and those are healthy conversations you should have with your spouse. Yeah. You know, conversations you should have with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And if you're wondering why you're so upset, so mad, so angry, yeah. Yeah. well, what is it that maybe you've done less yes. or more of yeah. that you need to keep at an even level? You know, I'm glad you shared that. I had to, I'm, I'm trying to practice being more vulnerable on the show and, and just sharing more like might, issues I'm dealing with. I might with. have to meet you a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no girlfriend. I have yeah. no girlfriend. I'm single as it gets right now, but yeah. it's just, and that's something that, again, those are my walls that are up Yeah, is I share that with, with people I'm meeting. No, it's I, like, I'm I not ready. the same as you. I, you know, for me, if somebody wasn't really busy and, and life wasn't exciting, I would never be with that person. Yeah. That's so true, yeah. and I, I think uh, there's there's the un there's understanding and respecting like, you know, being with someone, like, who 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 just immediately understands, mm -hmm. and, and not that the people in my life haven't. It's just you, maybe you could testify to this in your twenties. You know, you, you go through so many changes. Yeah, you meet so many people. You, yeah. You're you're also even for someone like me who is in recently in a really committed relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's just things that through time you still are healing from. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. It's it's a, t a like even for me, like 
you know, we're, we're older now, but if my husband died, I would be so devastated because he's been such a great partner for me. Yeah. He's been a lifelong partner and he understands me and I understand him. What are some things you feel like since we're on the topic that like a partner should have, or, or maybe it's not like they don't, it's not like they don't have it, but like they can learn to have it when they're supporting their spouse who's an entrepreneur, especially a female. Yeah. Like what are some qualities you feel like our audience can learn from that your husband indoctrinated for you to feel so supported? Yeah, but he, he was really good because he was never li the limelight. And after he quit his career, which he had a great career, and, you know, I, I always say he supported me so well. And, you know, I was very lucky to have him, his, his support, because I don't think I could have ran my business like I did. Yeah, wow. Like, I always feel s sorry for single parents that don't have spouses. And, and, you know, for me, I don't know how I could have did that. Yeah, it's like you had a team. Even at home. Yeah, I know? had a team. I had my mom. I had my nannies. I had my husband. Yeah. I had Shout out to all of them. Yeah. You know, what's your husband's name? Barry. Barry, you're yeah. the man. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves that shout yeah. out, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I think, who is it? Kamala Harris, the vice president of the yes. United States of America. Yes. For someone like her, when I looked into her situation with her husband, you know, him being the first man, he immediately, or so it seemed took down his status and his name of being a name partner for his law firm and recognized that he now needs to be more of a support for Kamala. Well, she's great. she's going through that shift. And I saw it yeah. to your point, yeah. both of them, they yeah. had their own boats. Yeah. They're both relentlessly like, look at these two powerhouses yeah. Yeah. right together. One, a law firm owner, the other, you know, working her way up to presidency. Yeah. And when I heard that, I, I was touched yeah. because number one, I can't imagine that she's getting the support she deserves. Yeah. And, and number two, he himself as a man had to humbly make that decision and be like, you know what? Right now, with her direction in life that she's going, she's going to need a little bit more support. And I know and respect that the spotlight's not going on me. Yeah. It's going on her. Yeah. And I have to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, ego I think, gone. I think a lot of men are good with that today. I think mm -hmm. because my husband is has no ego. He, he, he totally supports everything I do. That's awesome. I, I've been very lucky to have him as a husband. And I feel like we need more of that, to be honest, like from yeah. relationships yeah. Um, in younger ages yeah. and stages. Yeah. Instead of trying to change your significant other to like how you want them to be, yeah. respectfully understand that they're going to be going through more changes and just be more of a, a listener. Yeah. Be more of someone who, yeah, okay, maybe if you don't like it, express that but don't prevent them from being so excited yeah in doing something that they want to do mm -hmm. uh, my, my mother i always like how she puts it this way she goes kenny there's been times in your life where i know what you're probably making a really really yeah. silly decision yeah. but it's only until you learn from your own mistake yeah. where you're going to actually respect it so much more yeah but my husband loved his flying career and he quit his job for me for our business. Really? Yeah, he did 15 years ago. So, you know, he sacrificed a lot for his career for me. Big time. Yeah. And then that's for anyone. That's yeah. not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Barry. Yeah. Love the guy already. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I want us to now 
transition into fitness. You and I, I love it. Yeah. Have from the beginning of when we started speaking with one another, recognize that that's a big thing you and me, you know, really mutually respect and love yes. to have in our life. Yeah. You ran the Boston Marathon. You've done <laughs> more than several marathons in yeah. preparation of yeah. for it to qualify. And you also just in general, like you have a whole huge home gym inside of your household and you share with me how important it is for you and your husband to work out together. I, I just would love to hear, Evelyn, like how fitness and being immersed into staying fit for yourself, what that's done for you, how that's helped you bring more of your energy and and bring more of you being present in the moment when you need to be. You know, how has it helped you in your life? I'm very competitive, but I started working out with my husband probably when I met him in 1984 when he was still in the military. So then we worked out at, at the gym at the military base. And then and then we we were very competitive, but I'm not competitive. I'm not a team player, but I'm competitive in my own skin. So I compete against myself every day and I push myself and push and push and push to the point where, you know, I, I love fitness, but I'm not, I'm, I've never played on teams because when I was 12 years old and when I was going to school, I never played on any teams. So I'm very competitive in myself. And when, when I, when I started training, um, for the Boston Marathon, Barry and I have always worked out together. So, so he, I was running probably 70 kilometers a week and he was, he was taking care of the kids when I was doing that because I, um, I, I qualified, I, I started running in Hawaii and then I, I, I had the Stanton families that were my customers. So then I went to the running room and I said, Stanton, the, the owners of the running room, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I said, John, I want to run a marathon. He said, well, you need to train. So then I said, okay, I'll, I'll start the training right away. When's your next marathon training? So so then I trained, and um, in my first marathon, I qualified for Boston. So I, I told everybody that beginning that I was going to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And what did you need to do? Everybody said to me, you shouldn't tell anybody that because what if you didn't qualify? So that's all I needed to hear is if if you don't qualify, you know, it's going to be hard for you. And I said, well, I know already I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. I love that. You're like, there's yeah. no if I am or if I'm no, not qualifying because no, I'm no. doing it. So then so then I qualified for the 99th anniversary of the Boston Marathon. And then I wanted, I, I knew that the 100th anniversary was going to be a really big one. And yeah. we were already talking about it because, so then I I ran five more marathons and I qualified probably four and four in, in, in the, the marathons that I qualified for Boston. What does it take to qualify? Just out of curiosity. I, I was uh, probably 340 back then. Because I, I ran wow. when I was 40. I r- ran my first marathon when I was over 40. So it took you at over 40 years old, three hours and 40 minutes to complete it. Yeah, yeah. That is insane. I did, I did a marathon in 330 though. 
I, at 25 years old, did it in seven hours. <laughs> I was broken. <laughs> like, I was yeah. just done. Yeah. And that was like five, six weeks of preparation, right? Like it was, yeah. it was but that's gnarly. not enough. That's it's not. not. Enough. Yeah, we were, no. br- we were just so yeah. like ridiculous about yeah. it. But yeah. wow, that's amazing that you did yeah. that. Yeah. What, what needed to happen for your preparation of the marathon? I mean, the 70 kilometers a week, how did you spread that out? Well, I, I used to run, uh, at the end, we'd, we'd have to run 20 kilometers on Sundays. And then I would, I would probably do uh, 8 to 12 kilometers every day. Wow, nice. I, yeah. I like that. See, that's yeah. unique. Yeah. You do about the eight every day, then run the longer distance yeah. Yeah. into the weekend every yes. single week. Pretty much a half marathon yeah. every yes. week. Yes. Right? I'll kind of give you an idea of how that cross relates to the way we prepared for it. As I was starting to study more, Evelyn, I recognize if I'm preparing for a marathon here, I need to tap into um, three different um, running experiences. Mm-hmm. Is number one is that short distance, yeah, right? Like let's let's work the aerobic threshold, let's press the gas, let's go yes. fast, yes. so like five to ten kilometers, right? And then the second run was the anaerobic, mm-hmm. right? That yes. was okay. Let's go long distance. Yeah. Right. Let's just keep a nice, easy pace. Let's just let make sure we last. That was like the five kilometer increase every week. Yes. Right. So like fifteen, then twenty, yeah. then twenty five, yeah. then thirty. Yes. Right. Yes. We actually turned the thirty into the full marathon yeah. that day. Yeah. And anyway, we um, would have the middle one, which was right in between. Uh-huh. Right? It was a twelve to fifteen. We kind of do a combination of both. Yeah. yeah. And I, I respectfully understand three times a week. It probably wasn't enough. If I look back at it now, preparing for a marathon, your perspective is nice because you have to get your reps in. Like the daily dose of you showing up probably helped so much. Yeah. Yeah. I used used to run seven days a week. And and in the beginning, I had shin splints. But you know what? I just backed off a little bit and then then I got my mileage up. What got me to the to the Boston Marathon was hill repeats. I used to go run Emily Murphy Hill and uh, the Groat Road, and I I did hill repeats a lot of inclines all the time, and then I did mile repeats, and it got me a much faster runner. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine how. What was that experience like when you hit three forty, or even yeah, your either one of the marathons you did when you finished? How good did that feel? It felt great. And, you know, I was t- always trying to qualify my friends for the Boston Marathon. So I had my cousin and I said, so her and I were running together always in St. Albert. So I said, if you want to do the Boston Marathon, you got to run faster. You got to do hill repeats. You got to. So she, she, she would get mad at me and she would stop. She'd stop, and I'd say, "You're never gonna get to the Boston Marathon doing that." Yeah, you're like, you gotta keep it going. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, I I love that you you share that because there's so much of, as much as running is an independent sport, yeah. and it's yeah. literally just you on your legs yeah. needing yeah. to just go. Yeah, I've experience such a great sense of that level of community mm-hmm. bonding and yeah. teamwork and someone leading the way yeah. uh, through our running group where yeah. you know Evelyn I shared with you we've been running for yeah. farmers the farmers protesting in India with That's everything so happening great. there and yeah. you know when we have 65 members in our group now Evelyn there's been now over 10 people 
who have ran a half marathon where they thought they never would even be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's been now, I believe, seven of us who ran a marathon. Yeah. And it's like, all of this is mainly through one another encouraging each other to obviously, first of all, hey, like, let's get up off our ass and let's run and let's yeah. do it as a group. And the second thing is like having a purpose deeper than your own personal self-interest, yeah. Yeah. right? Is like recognizing that you're running for a bigger cause. A bigger cause. I can't imagine yeah. what that felt like in Boston yeah. when you were there seeing but other runners. In my last marathon, I was trying to qualify uh, a guy to, to, so he was broken and he was walking. I said, so I started with him and in the first, first, uh, two or three minutes of the marathon. So then, so then I, I, um, I said to him, you can't walk. You, you need to run. You need to run. Mm. You can't stop. So he thanked me. He, he thanked me at the end of the marathon because I got him across the finish line. And then he sent me a wonderful card and he said, thank you so much for, and he was from St. Albert. He was from McKinley, um, the, the funeral home. Oh, and yeah. he was from back home here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you even know that he was from here? Or was that just like a no, 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 no. He he was. It wasn't the Boston Marathon. It oh, was okay. the Edmonton Marathon. Okay, that's fair. Edmonton that's fair. Marathon. So yeah, no. What you did there is beautiful. It, yeah. it reminds but, me. But it it for me, I had run so many marathons. I could coach people to mar- to do run run marathons. Big time. Yeah, yeah you've done so many yeah. already, right? Yeah. I want to hear your advice on what things you'd share with people to prepare for a marathon. But even before I tell you that, I had a very similar experience where I was that guy in yeah. that scenario. Yeah. When I ran with Raj Dillon, um, he runs Pivotal Physiotherapy. He, he, yeah. He's a co-founder of it in Edmonton. Great friend of mine. I also consider him a mentor. Yeah. I'm with him and I'm with my my friend. He's a strength coach, Mason Kenny. And we're at the final like six kilometers. And it was, I'm sure as you know, the most painful last stretch it is you know the, the the five or six kilometers left are the hardest to do and they're I, the hardest they're the hardest no matter and i'm glad you share yeah. that because yeah. even no matter how prepared you are yeah. i feel like that that's just for anybody yeah. and when rod saw me i was crawling evelyn i was like in, in the in this brink of wanting to cry yeah. where like i couldn't feel my legs yeah. i was on the floor yeah. and he's like and you know i'm just like Tuning up the engine, yeah. trying to stretch, trying yeah. to get everything yeah. loose again, right? Fine tuning before we go on the racetrack. And he said something to me that was like, it's amazing just how much like it lifted me up. He said, mm-hmm. Kenny, you're not alone. I'm here. Mason's here. We feel the way you feel. No matter how freaking com- like prepared anybody is. Yeah. You could be the world's greatest athlete. They feel exactly like how you feel in these last five kilometers. Yeah. So you can either stay down and you can keep finish. crying about this or, <laughs> or we can get up. I'm going to give you a hand and yeah. we're going to finish this together. And every yes. single step we take, it's going to hurt, yeah. but there's a finish line and it's close. Yeah. Oh man. I remember well, good that for just... you for doing that. Oh, thank you. So was... when, when I was running in with the running room, I, I used to run with men on Wednesday nights. So they were much faster runners. So when I went out with them, I for for a Wednesday night, I I was I was my heart rate was at 180 on my on my watch. Holy moly. 180. So then so then 
I just excused myself. I said, you know, I'm just going to catch up to you guys. So I threw up alongside the road. Oh, no. <laughs> I threw up and then, and then, and then I caught up to them, but I, I pushed myself beyond the impossible that night. And when I got in my car, it was like an overwhelming feeling that I had, I had went beyond the impossible. Mm. So, so it was kind of like a, a really funny feeling in my head. And I just said, Oh, I did, I did this. And I was running with an elite men of runners. There's something to say about running with individuals whom yeah. even though you know are at such a high level yeah. of like yeah. endurance they carry mm -hmm. and a high caliber of athleticism. I bet you, you probably just naturally ran faster than you ever thought you could I, because I did, you're surrounding yourself, yourself yeah. around wolves, because, right? Because it, they were wolves. Yeah. And you know, I, I just said, I, I'm, I'm going to keep up to them and I don't care what it takes. I'm going to keep up to them. And when, when I finished that run that night, it was kind of like, wow, what did I do? That's you know, nuts. I, it, but, you know, I, I had pushed myself so hard and so much that, you know, I, I went beyond what I thought was the impossible. I'm glad you brought it back to that because it reminded me of when we just first started talking about fitness. You said that no matter what, you don't compare yourself to others. No. And that, for me being a trainer... <laughs> That resonates with me so much, Evelyn, because I have clients that will ask me, "What did your other client get on this? Yeah. What, what, oh, with, our, with our with our with our with our strength test? Yeah. What about all the other people in this room? They could lift so much more than me." Yeah. And I I have that same logic. I'm like, yeah. "Hey, you know what? You're better than you did last week. Yeah. You're better than you showed up yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's progress." Yeah. Everyone else has such a different goal, has such a different body type. Let's stop comparing ourselves to others. Yeah. And I find that is the beauty of what we find through fitness yes. is you reach that point where you're like, yeah, you know what? I am better than last week. Yeah. And that's progress. That and is. I find that I, I love that you shared that in the beginning, Evelyn, because yeah. I want more people to recognize that we need to stop in all facets of life comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. It will drive you mad. But I've never compared uh, businesses to myself either. I always yeah. say I'm going to show up and be the best. That's that's my whole goal. All your it's, mental space and energy is going towards that. Yes. Right? It's not competing against somebody else that does their different businesses. I don't care about them. I really don't care. I want to be the best that I can be. Wow. And that's that's what I do in my fitness too. No, I love that. No, totally. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. Um what goes through your head when you run? I mean, all these long distances. But is it very therapeutic for you? It is. Because for me, when I, when I was running probably in the 90s, I, um, I always said, if I do a run, I, if I have a problem in my head, I can sort through it through by the time I'm finished my run. Yeah. So, you know, that was really therapeutic for me to think about what my problems were, what my issues were, and I always had a solution at the end of that run. You, it's something that I recognized when you're running and you start having those thoughts come up, you can't run away from them. Especially no. now in no. a digital world where yeah. you think something, ah, you don't want to think about it. Let's just open up our phone and distract yeah. ourselves yeah. with something else. Yeah. <laughs> when you're running, you yeah. got nowhere else to go. No. I mean, no. Especially when you're doing long distances, yeah. Yeah. you have to 
force yourself to yeah. work through that. And it's but beautiful. I, I see so many people on their phones when they're working out. And you know what? I try not to do that. Good. I try not to do that Good. unless unless it's an emergency or whatever. It defeats the purpose. Yeah, it does. Right? I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I actually enjoy jujitsu so much. Yeah. Because put your phone away. You got no other distractions but needing to do this. And it yes. brings you back to being present. Yeah. In a world we live in where everyone is wanting to figure out some sort of secret formula on how to do it. Yeah. Well, it's because as a society, we started to let ourselves or we forced ourselves to do two, three, four, five things at once. Yeah. And we we need to hone in on practicing more of less time on phone. Or okay, yes. if we're on our phone, then you're on the phone. Yes. As opposed to pretending like yeah. You you you're you're having a conversation. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful part about podcasting. Yeah. Is never once have I thought, "Oh yeah, I mean, while the guest is talking, I'll yeah. just, you know, yeah. check it." Yeah. I mean, it defeats the whole purpose no, it does. of like yeah. connecting with somebody. But even when I'm in my salons, I always leave my phone in the office or wherever, you know, because I don't want to be on my phone in the salon. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I always tell my staff like if you're on your phone, that's very disrespectful to the customer. Big time. It yeah. is. It, it, is. it really is. Yeah. I am glad you, you said that. You need to engage with them and you need to pay attention to them. They're the customer and they deserve more than that. Totally. Yeah. Of course. I agree. What would be, let's say, any, any tips you have for someone... So again, we have younger audience members, and yeah. it might be for their parents. Yeah. Um, even someone who, let's say, is 40 years old and yeah. older, and they're listening to this. They may not have had the experience you have through fitness always being there. Yeah. You know, maybe they feel like they want to do it, but there's this voice inside their head that says it's too late. Yeah. And I hear a lot of that in the industry of like, but why bother starting? Like, exactly. So... So my son is, my both sons are very fitness for everything. And nice. they're very healthy eaters. And they keep me on track. And they say, Mom, what did you eat today? What did you work <laughs> out? What did you do? Yeah, they're on it. So, so Accountability it. coaches, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're, they're kind of my coaches. And Love they it. keep me straight. And, but... You know, I'm been I've been so lucky that I've had my husband and we've worked out. So I get on the bike, he works out on the weights, and then we switch. Nice. Yeah. So so then we walk ten to fourteen or sixteen kilometers a night. Wow. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. a great way to end off the day together yeah, too. It right? is, it is. So we do everything together. And this summer when we were in Kelowna, we cycled in two and a half months. 4,000 kilometers. Wow. Holy, in the span of how much time? Two and a half months. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. You guys must have been just so, on your bikes so, the whole we time? Walked, we walked 1,000 kilometers too. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. See? No, that is so, good. So, you know, we had time there and we weren't working. So we would cycle sometimes 100 kilometers. Well, there's two things that I hear there when you answer my question is number one, find someone to report to. 
You know, yes. it could be a friend. It could yes. be a coach, yeah. right? Like the, yeah. the idea of investing in someone who is tracking your yeah. progress yeah. and you're able to share that progress with them. Number two is don't do it alone, yeah. right? Bring no. on your spouse. Bring on Absolutely. a friend. Bring on yeah. your sibling. But, you know, for Barry and I, we're we're pretty competitive. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not going to stay behind him. I'm not. I'm sometimes I, I would pass him. He always calls me Maggie because one time when we were in Kelowna, there was a racing team behind me and we we passed them and then they were coming behind me and they said, go Maggie, go Maggie, pass her, pass her. So I thought there is no way in hell they're going to pass me. Yeah. So I I put my my body in gear and I I pass I I didn't pass them but I was ahead of them so I went up that hill and they they didn't pass me that's awesome so very always so every time I walk fast and I'm trying to pass somebody on a trail he says go oh, oh, Maggie is Maggie coming <laughs> <laughs> who, who is Maggie's name again is Maggie uh like from that story how did that name get uh yes, like yes. like how was that name called upon again no, she, she. So somebody was saying behind me. Yeah. Go Maggie. Go, go Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, go yeah. Maggie. Yeah. And I said no, they're not gonna pass me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Barry, Barry knew they weren't gonna pass me. <laughs> I love so that. So I'm very competitive. Yes. So when somebody comes behind me and go, I, I was running, I, I, I would run faster, and it would be good for me because I would run. Yeah. Run, run faster. <laughs> So I'm very competitive. Oh in yeah, way. it's yeah. it's it's fun when you recognize yeah. like how that translates over into other aspects of yeah. life too, yeah. right? It just goes back to recognizing like I'm not gonna let anyone else no. be in the front. I I want that spot. That's yeah. where I belong. Me too. Right. Me too. And I, I felt like that even in the run club where. Yeah. You know, there's there's a gentleman by the name of Sunny Brar who also has contributed upwards of like six thousand dollars towards um, our fundraising initiative for farmers. Oh, that's so great. And I remember like just because he's an avid runner and he would be leading the pack even to this day, yeah. right? And I told myself when I started running Evelyn, I was like, one day I'm going to be at the front with him. I'm not as fast, but I'm going to keep showing up. Yeah. I'm going to be right there. And yeah. I also felt like I just, I see him at the top and I just, yeah. I just feel like, okay, I'm, I got to chase. I got to chase. And it felt so good to eventually like have my endurance get to a point where I was able to be right by his side. Yeah. And him and I, we share those moments and we, we bond over it, yeah. but we're like, you know what? It's like kind of like that Michael, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant esque yes. experience, yeah. where it's like, hey, like we're both competitive with one another. We but admit that it, but for competitiveness is good. It's loving, coming. yeah. It's like yeah. you know what? We both want to yeah. be here. Yeah. Like he he's going fast. He recognizes oh, I'm gonna press yeah. a little bit harder, and vice yeah. versa, right? So, I, I um, when when I was running my marathons, I um, I lost. Uh, a little girl between my two boys so mm. um I was running then but but you know it was not what caused it so then I, I had to do a stillbirth oh no so I went to the hospital and my my doctor said to me like you're so good with this he said you you've got a really clear mind and you're 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 not crying and you're not upset yeah and I I just said you know I said I didn't I, I I I if if you didn't notice there was a a wheelchair paraplegic on on the elevator with us and he didn't notice it and I said you know that's always been 
my thing. I said, when I, when I see somebody in a wheelchair, you know, it's always been my thing to, to, to not want to be there. Mm. So, you know, I always say my life is great. My life is great because totally. I'm not in a wheelchair. It could be worse. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. So then, so then I started running right after I, I had that stillborn. And, you know, for me, it was really good because I dealt with that. And, you know, it, it was really good for me to run. Yeah. So then, so then when I had my, my last son, I ran through my whole pregnancy. I ran seven kilometers a day. And While you were pregnant during that whole yeah, time. And, and I was out here and I was holding my stomach when I was running and everybody on the trails were saying, when is that baby due? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I had, the e I had the easiest delivery. I had probably a two hour delivery. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it was my easiest delivery. And then, and then I, I left the next morning. How much of, depending on doctors' recommendations and, and, and the scientific-based evidence, how much of it, from your knowledge, translates over to the running, helping make a smoother pregnancy happen? Was it, did, they, did they share any of that with you? Or? No, a lot, of, a, lot of people, a lot of people were against it because it was in 1994. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, are you crazy? You should yeah. be resting, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I always say, I, I remember my parents saying, oh, the women used to have their, their babies in the field and then, and then give birth. Yeah, yeah. I'd be and, like, if I and, have it while I'm running, yeah, then it is too. what it is. Me too. Yeah. So anyway, I, I ran through till the day I, he was delivered. I ran wow. the morning of the day that he was delivered. Please tell me he's like. An he's, avid runner, and he, he loves is, it. He is an avid runner, <laughs> he's cyclist, like, and he's like super into climber. It. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that too. But because you know, because when you do fitness all your life, your kids become like that. Oh, they they they're they like uh, what is it? Um, what do they say? Like when they mirror you. Yeah. You know, kids are going to do it whether you inadvertently or advertently yeah. Yeah. are showcasing. Uh, you know what a well, how to be a good Samaritan, so to speak. Like yes. they just they just become copycats. Yes, and do. I find a lot of parents who I I'm now friends with they share that with me. They're like, man, yeah. like I'm not even saying anything to my kid, and like he's he's, he's copying my actions, yeah. right? Or catches you saying something you didn't even realize you said yeah. it in front of him yeah. or her, right? Yeah. But it's even unique. even my president, so the the two boys are very active and. Um, they they work out all the time and they, you know they, they live a really great lifestyle yeah so i i'm so happy that her youngest son is in jitsu oh jujitsu yeah. yeah oh she, yeah. she the youngest son is yeah. oh that's yeah. awesome there so you go. anyway the other one's a hockey player and he works out all the time good. every day every yeah. day but that's great training for them oh it's so good and you know for me it has my fitness has helped my business because mm. I'm challenged everywhere. I love that. I yeah. think that's the important bridge that we need yeah. to accept in in recognizing that Evelyn Charles Spa and Salon and the Academy, you know, a part of why it's where it is today, and, yeah. and, I, and the way it's been able to 
groove through all the changes yeah. through the economy yeah. we've been living through for, yes. for, for decades upon yeah. decades yeah. and even just through your business experience translates over in how you've challenged yourself physically yes. and the changes that were made with your body and the changes yeah. you made mentally it's yeah. again it's so therapeutic right yeah. like when you mentioned evelyn how you were running through a moment in your life where very unfortunately you know you, you went through that miscarriage and it's yeah. like but you know, you know it for me, my running was really good. And, you know, I cleared my head from that. And that's and, what it is. Yeah, it I is. encourage anyone to do it. Because you know what's yeah. funny with me? Going yeah. back to our, um, you but know. But even in your relationship, when you, when yeah. you woke up, I bet oh, you. Oh, it helped so much. You I'm read sure my mind. Yeah. You read my mind. Yeah. I Again, it cleared my head. It yes. made me comfortable with being in my own environment again. Mm -hmm. To this day, my friends tell me, aren't you ever by yourself? And I'm like, yeah. guys, when I run, I'm by myself. Yes. I got the headphones in. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And there was something I was going to share about that where I'm forgetting it now. I hope it comes to me. But the, re the reality is when you run and, yeah, I was going to share this. I never liked running. I never did. I purposely shied away from it. Again, back to my like yeah. personality of like my my hyperactive attention uh -huh. and where and me constantly wanting to do different things. I looked at running like, eh, why do I want to do the same thing yeah. for that long? And I'm sure you get other people yeah. who push back from runners tell the same thing yeah. to you. Yeah. But it's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. That was like a bucket list thing I yeah. had in the second yeah. lockdown yes. for me, Evelyn. When I said, you know what? I've never done a marathon. I'm going to do it. Because guess what? One, yeah. it's the only option right yeah. now. Yes. Gyms are closing. Yeah. But two, I need to get out in the cold and get uncomfortable yes. and, and feel miserable. Yeah. And, and <laughs> at the time where I was already feeling that way, it was the catch 22 was it made me feel better. Yeah. You know, it yeah. made me get out of that dark hole of like, okay, like yes. it's okay. Now yeah. you're rebuilding, you're restructuring yeah. yourself. And I fell in love yeah. with running through the process. I know. But, you know, it, it challenges you and it keeps challenging you. And you try to do a, a faster run, faster this, faster that. Like, I just, like, for me, it was very challenging and it was good for me. It was really good for me. I love that. Yeah, we gotta go and, for know, a run. When 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 I when I was um, when I was locked down, mm -hmm. like for me, you know, because I used to run with my husband, but he, he he he's a tall guy, and he, he his knees are not very good, so mm -hmm. he gets achy knees. So so then we started walking, and but I never want to lose my running. I never want to lose it. Because for yeah. me, it's my sanity. No, it's good. So, yeah. so you're still running to this day, then? Yeah, I am, but but not not as fast as I used to. But I wanna I wanna take it up again, and and I try to take it up every year. Nice every year. Yeah, I yeah. haven't run for probably a year now. Okay, there you go. It's been some time. Yeah. Well, the snow's melting, and uh, yes. I heard the city has a new uh, running club. That I'm a part of, that I'd love to, yeah. <laughs> I'd okay. love to have you. So I'll of. practice and then I'll come to you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Once you feel ready, I need to be ready. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. I didn't even yeah. ask you. I started asking runners this now. Is like, yeah. do you prefer to run on your own or do you like running in a group? You know, I love, I I, I love my long runs. So I used to run with the running room for four hours. Yeah, and then and then I um. I love running on my own too. I yeah. love putting my headphones on and love I it. love 
Love doing that. It's nice when you run and you you don't necessarily know the route yeah. and you're like, I'm just going to get lost. Yeah. And I, I, I'll be honest, I forgot to mention that when I've traveled in the past, yeah. I do enjoy running because you're seeing yeah, different things and, yeah. you know, you're, you're getting lost in the adventure of seeing what's out yeah. there, right? Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. So I used to travel a lot and I used to, I used to run all over the place, New York, Chicago. Nice. I, I would run and I would explore the city. Yep. One of, one of my favorite runs I did, it was a sunset in Morocco and I was uh, in wow. Marrakesh and yeah. I was on the beach and I was just seeing the sun go down. I had my music on. It was when Kanye West yeah. uh, put out one of his yeah. new albums at the time. Yeah. And I was like, again, for me, music is a big tie in. Yeah. So I'll tie in brand new music with running yeah. new locations. So yeah. there's a theme for it. Yeah. And it's just I'm running on the beach and I felt like I didn't want to stop. I'm like I'm going until yeah. the, I get to the very end of this beach, and it's just. I, I think I think I would have been happy there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have been all over <laughs> it, right? <Yeah. laughs> no, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, as we conclude, Evelyn, I just want to take a second to acknowledge just how you know full your heart is. You know, I can tell that you are such a loving human being. You clearly give it your all in everything you do. You know, from the the conversations you have with someone one on one to yeah. the business to your fitness to your health yeah. to the growth of of all of that mm-hmm. you know and it's just amazing but I love life so much yeah I, I live bigger than life mm-hmm. I've always lived that yeah and you know I I'm happy to be alive every day you know and I'm sixty seven now and you know you're like a day over thirty five <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, because it's amazing. as you age, if you do a lot of fitness, you're going to age way better. Yeah. Yeah. You, totally. You are. Yeah. I have a client. Because I have no aches and pains. I, I, you know, and a lot of people that are younger than me, I see them walking and I go, oh, they probably didn't work out when they were young. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. you can tell. Yeah. Right. And that everyone deserves to be living a pain-free lifestyle physically and mentally yeah right and a lot of that sometimes physical turns into mental and vice versa Uh and to your point right like you start to really feel the benefits of what you know you get out of life when you do you know you you you're 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 giving your body that you live in the love it deserves, the attention it needs. I agree. It's crazy how we will replace that with money we spend on materialistic objects, which hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But feed your body first. Yeah. Right? Put put the uh, the good nutrients you need to feed it. Learn what you should feed it. Yeah. Get a blood test done, see yeah. what you need more of. Absolutely. Right? And there's other elements of like, yes, sweat. Yeah. Like we live inside of this body of yes. ours. Why are we not yeah. get like and I wish we looked at it more like that. Yeah. Instead of people feeling like, ah, I don't need to work out, right? And it's like, well then why why, why you wonder why you're so but tired? I have time. friends that have never worked out and they have sore knees and they have sore hips yeah. and have this. It's because they didn't exercise. Exactly. Yeah. It's like when your when your home needs renovations and your car needs a tune up. Are you are you getting it done at that time? Or are you just like ah, forget about it? How no. long is it gonna last for? Yeah. Right? No, it's not gonna last. Yeah. No, I love that, Evelyn. Yeah. I uh, I want to take it on this note. Is you know we ask every single one of our guests this. And I'm actually very excited for yeah. your answer. Is what do you feel like, in your opinion, it takes for someone to take that step forward to make it to the second floor? And what I mean by that is, 
you know, with everything we talk about, we bring on guests who inspire, who have survived hardships, who thrive in their business space, and who also they keep the good vibes going, yeah. right? They, they're you're someone who emulates that, where you have a, from what it seems, a good balance of filling your own cup, but also growing your business. Yeah. So, for any of our listeners listening out there, they want to learn from you, Evelyn. What will it take for them to make it to their version of the second floor? I always say, dream big. Think big, but walk your talk. Because so many people don't walk their talk. You know, if 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 you're going to dream big and think big, then you need to do the work. Mm. That's so true. It doesn't yeah. just end no, at, no. I'm going to be a millionaire and it's yeah. going to happen one day. It's no. like, well, how are you going to get there? Yeah, exactly. That's so awesome. you need you need a plan and you need you need to focus on your plan. So for me... I've always been a goal keeper and I, I, I always publicize my goals. So if, if I'm going to do another business, I'm going to publicize it and then I'm going to publicize everything I do because it keeps me accountable. Keeps I love that. Me accountable. And that, that's how I feel a lot about my, my need to start being more vulnerable on the show because yeah. it's sharing aspects of my yeah. life that need yeah. to be shared and addressed, yeah. but also share the accomplishments, right? Utilizing social media, share share the wins and the losses yeah. and accept yeah. that it's just a, a part of our journey. Yes. You know? But for me, I'm never afraid of failure. I've never I've never been afraid of failure, but I'm not going to fail. I not love that. Feel. It's never happening. Not on no. my watch, not on your watch. So that's no. the case. No. No. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard from literally the one and the only Evelyn Charles. And I, I sure enough learned a lot from this conversation, Evelyn. And I can imagine and bet that so many of our guests have as well. Um, just to end it off, I'd, I'd like to just see if there's anything else you want to share with our audience. I just want to share you're such a great interview and you and I are very similar. Yeah, very I can tell. Similar, very similar. <laughs> I learned that about yeah. us sitting back. And I learned a lot from you too today. Thank you. That, that means a lot, Evelyn. And um, I hope that, you know, it's funny because I hope people understand that you and I had one chat before this, but I already feel like through this one that we're, we're going to be friends. We're going to be friends for a long time. I agree. I, I know it. I feel that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Evelyn. Uh, guys, if you enjoyed listening to this, please uh, share this episode. Please go ahead and check out the Shopify website to purchase Evelyn Charles' brand new um, hand sanitizer. Okay, that's the best in the market in the world. And please, if you need a haircut, go to the one and only uh, Evelyn Charles Spa and Salon in West Edmonton Mall if you're in Edmonton. Or look up the nearest one close to you. There it is. Thank you. That's a wrap. The Second Floor Podcast is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported.